Podcasting coast to coast. Sports talk the way it was meant to be. This is Fazy's Take. Now, here's your host, Jake Fazy. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fazy's Take podcast. I hope you've had a great week. The weather has been awesome. I hope you've all been out enjoying it. I got a great show for you today. We're going to run through Fazy's Fast Facts as usual. Then we're going to go into the NBA's return to play and how that's going to work and the teams that will be a part of it. We're going to then move into football, get into some Drew Brees drama and the NFL's new way of handling kneeling and Colin Kaepernick. Then we're going to move to baseball, talk a little bit about their return to play status and their draft that just happened the other night. And we're going to finish out with a new segment called What I'm Watching. Just one thing before we start, guys, I just want to remind you that if there's anything that you want to hear or anything you liked about the show, anything at all, if you guys want to hit me up, I will make sure to mention you uh, in the intro for the following week's show, and you can be the listener shout of the week. So, anything you like, anything you want to hear, anything you don't like, good criticism is always welcome. Just shoot those over to me on either of my social medias uh, Instagram at Fazies Take Podcast or Facebook at Fazies Take Podcast as well. So, without further ado, let's get right into the show. It's the start of another episode of the Fazies Take Podcast, so you know what that means. It's time for Fazies Fast Facts. Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo was spotted at a Milwaukee racial equality protest on Saturday. He was masked up and handing out cold water to protest as temperatures nationwide begin to rise to summer highs. Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand are donating $100 million over the next 10 years to organizations dedicated to racial equality, social justice, and better access to education. This is more money than Michael Jordan made on salary as an NBA player in his entire career. Bayern Munich players wore Black Lives Matter armbands during their game versus Leverkusen. Sorry, I'm not German. I do not know how to pronounce them. Uh, they are one of many Bundesliga teams that have used their live games as a means to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Fearful of the setbacks months of inactivity may have on younger players, several NBA teams left out of the Orlando resumption have proposed ideas to the NBA for regional mini summer leagues, training camps, and OTAs. This would actually pose as an advantage for being worse than the other teams and not making the 22-team playoff cut. Kevin Durant announced that he does not plan to return to the NBA this season, even though his Brooklyn Nets will be going to Orlando to fight for a championship. Durant said his season is over. Conor McGregor has officially retired again. He tweeted out Saturday, hey guys, I've decided to retire from fighting. Thank you all for the amazing memories. What a ride it's been. The NBA announced that they will continue to suspend testing for recreational drugs. The league will, however, continue to test for performance-enhancing drugs. UFC's Fight Island is real, and it will host four events next month. The location of the island is not off the coast of California like some suspected, but rather somewhere in the Middle East. They will start with UFC 251 on July 11th, that's pay-per-view, and then they will have Fight Night cards on July 15th, 18th, and 25th. And finally, NASCAR banned the display of the Confederate flag at all events and properties. They released a statement saying that the presence of the flag runs contrary to their commitment to provide a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans and competitors. This was a move long called for by black drivers. Those are Fazy's Fast Facts. 
basketball will be coming back soon. And we are getting more and more details about its return every day. Here is what we know as of now. The target date of return is Friday, July 31st. The location will be Orlando, Florida. They're going to use a 22-team format. The teams selected are the NBA's 22 best records at the pause date. Those teams are the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, and the Wizards. That's from the Eastern Conference. And from the Western Conference, we have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. Now, the season restart would begin with eight seeding games for each returning team and include the possibility of a play-in tournament for the eighth and final playoff seed in each conference, depending on the combined records across the regular season games and the seeding games. Once the 16-team playoff field is set, the NBA playoffs would proceed in traditional conference-based format with four rounds, a best-of-seven series in each round. The NBA Finals would end no later than October 12th. Now, we also know a few other things about what the NBA has made as far as decisions for dates for events that were moved. Um, the 2020 NBA Draft Lottery will be held on August 25th. The 2020 NBA Draft will be held on October 15th. And the 2020-2021 NBA regular season will likely begin on December 1st, 2020. A couple of things to talk about with football today. First, we have the Drew Brees situation. For those of you that don't know, Saints quarterback Drew Brees made a comment in an interview the other day that sent outrage through the NFL and really the entire sports community. Uh, when asked what he thought about the kneeling situation that will obviously be very prevalent when football returns, he said, quote, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Uh, athletes from all over begin expressing their distaste with the comment. Basketball stars like LeBron James, Trey Young, Kelly Oubre all took to Twitter to call him out, as well as NFL players around the league saying that they lost a lot of respect for him. But the biggest issue is the fact that Drew plays on a team in which the majority of his weapons are black athletes. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders, I believe three of his five starting O-linemen. That's a lot of chemistry that could potentially be damaged because of some comments. Drew Brees issued an apology shortly after saying, quote, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. And speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain that I have caused. Lucky for Drew, the guys on the Saints all seem to accept the apology and forgive him, so for him, that's all that really matters. Staying on the topic of kneeling, I think Roger Goodell and the NFL have officially come up with a way to deal with peaceful protests in the NFL. They won't. Simple as that. They are not, I don't believe that they are going to actually do anything uh, to prevent guys from peacefully protesting uh, on the football field. Goodell released a powerful video recently with his statement on behalf of the NFL. Roll clip. It has been a difficult time for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, 
Ahmad Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much needed change in this country. Without black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. Obviously a very powerful statement by Goodell there. And to be honest, I think it's a great idea. I mean, what's the harm? I will admit, at first when Kaepernick knelt and other players followed, I was against it. Uh, but through this process of recent protests, I've had a change of heart. I realize that we constantly tell the black community to protest peacefully. If you want to get results, you have to do it peacefully. And then they protest peacefully, and we flip out on them. We say, oh, well, well, you can protest peacefully, but not like that. The kneeling protest is not harming anyone. And if you don't like it, then don't do it. It's simple as that. So I think the NFL is on the right track here, and I think it could greatly benefit their owner and staff player relationships coming in the next season. Now, speaking of Colin Kaepernick, this could be the perfect time for him to whittle his way back into the NFL. Feelings about the kneeling have obviously changed, so it's only fair that we give the guy who started all a chance again. Here are my three teams that I feel should give Cap a try. And just a reminder, these are not in any particular order. First, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are in a QB catastrophe right now, to say the least, okay? Gardner Minshew is decent, but does not really have what it takes to be a good starter in the NFL. Josh Dobbs, Mike Glennon, Jake Lutton, all clear backups, okay? None of those guys are going to step up to the plate and take over that team anytime soon. I think Cap could really help out that program a lot. I mean, he brings a passing and rushing presence to a relatively dormant offense in Jacksonville. Uh, we saw him in his workout. He can sling the ball pretty deep. So I could work well with the Jaguars' young, fast receiver core. And maybe they could get some more players because, to be totally honest with you, whoever signs Cap is going to get some more players because guys are going to want to play with him uh, for all that he has done. So they could get some potential new talent if they sign Kaepernick as well. Next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Steelers are getting Big Ben back this year, which is great for them. We saw last year that none of their backups really have the talent to start in the NFL. So, when Big Ben retires, they should probably try to avoid that situation again. I think Colin could gel well with Juju and uh, new tight end Eric Ebron, and maybe he'll be the spark that Pittsburgh has clearly been missing over their last few years. Not to mention, Pittsburgh does have one of the few black head coaches in the NFL, so that could be an added bit of chemistry for the team. And last up, we have the Detroit Lions. Detroit kind of falls into the same situation as Pittsburgh. Their starter is good, but he's getting old and broken down. 
they have solid offensive weapons like Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., Danny Amendola, and a solid young tight end and TJ Hawkinson. So Colin would definitely have a lot of great options. So I think that Detroit would definitely be smart to pick up cap now for when Stafford inevitably retires in the near future. Overall, I predict Colin Kaepernick will be on an NFL roster next season, and I think it would probably be best if it's one of those three teams. It's been a pretty wild week in baseball, so let's go ahead and start with some updates on the talks between the MLBPA and the MLB. Now, the MLB made a new proposal to the MLBPA earlier this week. It would have consisted of 76 games, and players would have received 75% of their prorated salaries, a step up from the previous 78% pay cut that they were going to get on the last proposal. However, the players were still not happy, and they counter-offered again. They pitched an 89-game season with full prorated salaries, and we are still waiting on the league's response. Obviously, from these talks so far, we can infer one thing. It is clear that the players have a priority when it comes to negotiating the next season. They want their money. End of story. Um, both of the times that they have talked, both of the proposals that they have thrown, uh, they've changed the game amounts, but they have kept one thing for certain, and that's that they want their full prorated salaries. I think the league will like this new offer a little bit better, but unfortunately, I think they're still rejected. I don't think the league is willing to play this season without some sort of of pay cut. The MLB draft was Wednesday night. It took a virtual format similar to that of the NFL draft. Here were the top 10 picks. The first overall pick this year went to the Detroit Tigers and they selected first baseman from Arizona State, Spencer Torkelson. Quite the last name there. Um, next up, pick number two, Baltimore Orioles select right fielder from Arkansas, Heston. Oh man, that last name is something. Um, I don't know how you pronounce it whenever it's a K and then a J right after. Is the K silent? We're going to go ahead and say the K is silent, and that is Heston Jerstad. Third pick, the Miami Marlins select right-handed pitcher from Minnesota, Max Meyer. Kansas City Royals at pick number four select left-handed pitcher from Texas A&M, Asa Lacey. And then at five, the Toronto Blue Jays select third baseman from Vanderbilt, Austin Martin. Pick number six, the Seattle Mariners select a right-handed pitcher from Georgia Emerson Hancock. Pick number seven, the Pittsburgh Pirates select second baseman from New Mexico State Nick Gonzalez. Pick number eight, the San Diego Padres select a center fielder out of Independence High School in Tennessee, uh, Robert Hassel. Pick number nine, the Colorado Rockies select a center fielder out of Spruce Creek High School in Florida, Zach Veen. And at pick number 10, the Los Angeles Angels select a left-handed pitcher from Louisville, Reed Detmers. Welcome to a new segment of the Fazies Take podcast called What I'm Watching. This is kind of my way to add a little bit of a personal element to the show and kind of just update you guys on what I'm watching, whether it's sports-related or non-sports-related. So, let's get started. On Wednesday, I watched ESPN's 30 for 30 called Be Water, the story of legendary fighter and actor Bruce Lee. I thought it was quite an inspiring story. Uh, he was born in San Francisco, moved to Hong Kong at a very young age. He grew up learning mixed martial arts and fighting in the streets, found his way onto a movie screen, fighting and promoting, promoting racial equality. Eventually moved back to America with just $100 in his pocket. I mean, just a fantastic story. 
But the big question arose soon after this doc was released. Could Bruce Lee actually win a real MMA fight? I think the answer is yes. I mean, I don't watch much UFC, but the hand speed and kicking ability of Bruce Lee is better than any UFC fighter that I have seen recently. His jabs are a million miles an hour. I mean, when he was doing, um, I believe it was like a some sort of an infomercial type deal. I don't really know what it was, but it was in the documentary and he was filming and he was teaching people how to defend themselves. Uh, I mean, he's jabbing at this fake dude and he's moving so fast that his hand starts by his body. And when it comes back, it's like that whenever you were a kid and you would look at someone and be like, yo, you want to see me run around the world? And you would just make a little flinch and then you'd be like, oh, you want to see me do it again? That was basically what Bruce Lee's hands were like. He's a true mixed martial artist when it comes to his kicks. Also, he spins so fast that if he catches you in the jaw with a roundhouse, you're hitting the canvas, no question. He'd probably fight lightweight, maybe featherweight in his younger years, but he would probably fight lightweight, which is a very stacked class. But I think Bruce could hold up against guys like Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, maybe McGregor, guys that tend to be stand-up fighters, not really grapplers. So in my opinion, yes, Bruce Lee could win a UFC fight. Taryn and I have been on a Marvel movie tear lately. We are attempting to watch the entire Marvel superhero spread. And we are about halfway, maybe inching towards three-fourths of the way through it all. Last night, we finished Captain America Civil War, and it definitely cemented my feelings for Captain America. I despise Captain America. I always have, because my favorite of the superheroes has always been Iron Man. Iron Man is by far a superior superhero to all the rest of them. And I think that he, it just shows because all the rest of the superheroes kind of have something genetically, but Iron Man just did it all with his brain. He created everything. So I think that's an added bonus for why he's the best. But Captain America stinks. Let me tell you why. When we got to the first Avengers, especially... Captain America is the most useless superhero of them all. He literally does nothing special besides throw his shield at people. And then he's going to go off uh, on Tony, even though Tony's the one that runs the group. Tony knows what's going down. He's got the brains to run the operation. And Captain America's over here with his 1940s brain, thinking that he can still lead the group. No, dude. You cannot. You're not up there. He's a useless superhero. And in Civil War, he just betrays the whole group. He goes against the group. Iron Man is trying to save the Avengers. He's trying to keep them together. And Captain America gets all hot-headed because his friend is some Soviet insane robot criminal and he wants to go out and save him. I don't want to give too many spoilers in case you have not watched it yet and you want to. But at the end, man, Captain America really just pissed me off. And I was really hoping that Iron Man was going to kill him. I knew he wasn't, obviously, because there's still more movies with the Avengers. But I really wanted Iron Man to kill him at the end of the movie. <sighs> Anyways, that's my um, my rant on why I hate Captain America so much. Taryn shares my feelings. We both don't like him. Um, 
But we are getting to more movies. We are watching Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy next. I'd never seen either of those, so we got to watch both of those. And then I believe, let me pull up my list here. So we have watched Iron Man one, Iron Man two, Thor. Oh, by the way, we we did look up the correct order to watch these in because we started just watching movies just kind of like out of the blue. I mean, obviously we watched them in order of their series, like Avengers one, two, three, four, and then Iron Man one, two, three, but we realized that you really did need to watch them in a certain order, not just by movie. So we've seen Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America First Avenger, then the First Avengers movie, then Iron Man 3, then Thor Dark World, then Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, we also watched Avengers Age of Ultron. That one's a little bit out of order. Uh, we should have watched Guardians of the Galaxy first, but it didn't really matter because we did watch Age of Ultron and Guardians of the Galaxy. We're not in it. We still have to watch, like I said, both Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, all the Spider-Mans. We have not seen any of the Spider-Mans. We have The Last Thor. We got to watch Black Panther. I've already seen Black Panther. Huge fan of it. So is my little cousin Max. If anyone in Kansas City is listening, you know what I'm talking about because the kid loves Black Panther. And it's not for no reason. Black Panther is a great movie. And then we have Avenger, Avengers Infinity War. The Ant-Mans, which I'm not excited for because I think Ant-Man's a dumb superhero too. Uh, Captain Marvel. And yeah, I think that's going to about wrap it up. So Tara and I are rolling through the Marvel movies. If you guys have any questions about them, uh, please let us know because we are now experts. But um, big takeaway from the first half of them, Iron Man is dope. And Captain America stinks. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Phases Take Podcast. Like me on Facebook at Phases Take Podcast. Uh, I'm not posting on there too much, but I am posting on there whenever I record a show and post a show. So you'll know when I post, even though it is the same time, Friday morning, every week. Subscribe, whatever you're on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to me. Um, I think that they have a system where you get notified if I upload. Spotify, follow me. Also probably have a system where you can get notified. Uh, but overall, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you stop back next week for another episode. This has been the Phases Take Podcast.